The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Hello from maternity leave. And I mean, let's just dive right freaking into it because we are on a short timeline right now. It's like a very small window that I have baby October in a nap, not on me. So there's like constantly the clock running in the back of my head of how much time do we have? How much time do we have? How much time do we have? But I want to get this episode out there. So I'm going to try to make this work. And honestly, before I even jump in, that is something that like I really forgot about the newborn phase. And I felt we had finally gotten out of when it came to like where we were before having October, like where I was to squash the timeline of all of this with having a toddler. It's like there was so much freedom and time with a toddler. You have such large windows before the nap and then after the nap and you can do so much. And I forgot how like tight windows are with newborns in the sense of they eat so freaking often. And then by the time you feed them, and especially if you're breastfeeding, by the time you feed them and then burp them, and especially if they have reflux of sorts, and then you keep them upright, and then you change their diaper, and then you potentially change their clothes, and then you play with them for a second, and then it's time to go down for a nap. And then by the time you actually get them down for a nap, you have such a small window before you need to wake them up and do it all over again, or they wake up on their own. And it's that almost anticipatory anxiety, which I also feel, wow, I have so many thoughts. They're just all rambling my brain right now. But I also feel that way when I'm I'm sleeping and one now, honestly, both kids, because Squash decided that he's just not going to sleep when we brought home a newborn. He was like, oh, you guys, the parents who now need me to sleep and me, the kid who slept through the night, like every night for so long, I'm going to be up from 3 to 7 a.m. every hour now, suckers. But that feeling of like laying in bed once you put a kid down and the monitor's on, And you're just almost like waiting for the sound, like you're waiting for the cry or for the call out or for something. And then you're anxious over the anticipation of it happening again. So you can't fall back asleep. At least that's how I am with rest. So there's that like anticipatory anxiety at night, but then it's also during the day. And like, for me, time has always been an anxiety trigger where I feel rushed or just a clock in general. And this is like the ultimate clock where it's constantly like, okay, the second the baby actually falls asleep, it's like you have X amount of time before the next feed. How much are you going to be able to do? And then when you're in that window, it's like, I would love to sit on the couch and just fucking relax for a second. But I also have to or want to like put this stuff away, do this around the house, get this done, cook eat for myself, potentially try to work out, call and catch up with a friend, work if you have to. Like there's so many things that you want to get done that I then feel like the window ends and I'm like, I actually did nothing. 
I sat here and thought about all the things I wanted to do, or I did a five-minute chunk of 10 things, but I didn't actually get anything done. And I think I felt this way the first time, but I, I can't fully remember. I'm pretty sure I did. But especially right now because of the holidays, like for instance, just Christmas, I have thought about gifts for Christmas literally every feed for the past six weeks of like, what are we ordering for the kids? Have I gotten my gift for my parents? Have I gotten a gift for like my team members? All of these things. And every time I'm thinking about it, it's taking up brain space because I am thinking about it and I am deciding what should I get them. And sometimes I'm ordering one thing or I'm looking on a website, but then six weeks have gone by just to put it in perspective of time after I had my child. And then I'm like, wait, I actually haven't fucking ordered anything. And nothing is like ready. Nothing definitely is wrapped, like all of those things. So that's just an example. That's not even where I thought this was going to go. That's not how I was going to kick off this episode. But alas, here we are. And I kind of feel like that's going to be the vibe of this entire freaking thing. So one to two transition. I think that's what this episode's going to be. And just like recapping thus far, this has been a humbling fucking experience for me. And if you're a new listener, A, welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the show. It means the world to me. This is my favorite thing I get to do. Like what a fucking incredible job I have. But I will recap a little bit of like the first postpartum experience because I think that's tying into a lot of my emotions. I gave birth in May 2021 to our toddler. And my newborn experience with him, I actually loved the newborn phase. He was the easiest baby in the entire fucking world. Like he was easy. And yes, it was so hard because having a newborn is hard no matter how easy they are. So I was still tired. I was still, you know, going through all the things hormonally, et cetera. But he was actually very easy. I just had bad postpartum anxiety in the very beginning where I was having a lot of intrusive thoughts and then more like postpartum depression around month like four to six-ish. But all in all, I did enjoy the newborn period. So this time around, I was like, this is going to be great because I hear one to two transition is easier than zero to one. And I do want to preface that like everyone's experience is so different. And that's so clear to me, especially now. I always thought that, but especially after this, like two experiences, everyone's is unique. So don't take this and be terrified. Or if you've gone through it and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't my experience. We are all unique individuals and they're all going to be different experiences. But basically I went into this being like, I I'm going to own this because so much of what I struggled with the first time around was A, feeling anxious over just not knowing what to do, how to care for a newborn, just the unknown. And B, I had a really hard time more depressively months four to seven of this identity crisis of like, who the hell am I? I'm a mom. Like my life revolves around all this now. What am I supposed to do? What do I wear? Who am I? What do I talk about? Like, how do my relationships look? And I'm now so confident in my role as a mom, and I've been a mom now for two and a half years, and it's 
so much of my life that I was like, oh, I'm not going to have any of that this time around. And the unknown, well, I've already gone through it. So I'll know what to do. And those things are true because this time around, I am not anxious about the unknown. I shockingly and wonderfully do not have intrusive thoughts. I'm not obsessive over like very small things. For example, you know, October, like if you just take the example of him getting a cold and us going to the hospital, like the way I handled that as my second time was so wildly different than how I would have handled it if it had been my first. I remember my first postpartum experience week, like two, I saw this kind of like a rash on his chest and it was five in the morning. And I remember sitting on the couch in our living room and of our apartment, calling our doctor emergency line, convinced that he was like having some very severe reaction or something and was not going to be able to breathe, et cetera. And they were like, send me a photo immediately or like take him to the ER. And they were like, ma'am, that's baby acne. And I literally felt so fucking dumb. But that's being a first-time parent. This time around, like he had the exact same baby acne on his chest. And I'm like, oh, baby acne, whatever. Like I just knew and it didn't even matter. And in the hospital, I'm like, okay, we can do this. Yes, it was hard and it was scary, but- I had the confidence that I never had the first time around. And I do think that's a big difference. And I also have had none of the identity crisis of like, wait, I'm a mom because yeah, I am a mom and I'm very comfortable and confident in that role. So those things are true. The two things that I struggled with the most the first time around are not evident this time around. What I'm experiencing is just a very different newborn experience. And I've been trying to figure out how I want to approach all of this and how I want to talk about it. And I've been really proud of myself because I've been sitting with it more like personally and in my private life in conversations with friends and my therapist and family, et cetera. Because the reality is this is public, you know, a podcast, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And that content, once it's out, like it does just live permanently somewhere. And as you all know, I definitely try to create boundaries with my children online. And I don't, I I just feel very protective over them. And when I'm having these conversations, I never want it to be a public comparison for the two of them. And I also want to respect their privacy and their emotions for them later in life and et cetera. So what I feel comfortable saying is that they're just wildly different newborns at this newborns, you know, kids, who knows, but newborns, I can confidently say that. October just requires a little bit more maintenance. And we've faced roadblocks that like I never did the first time around. So between his, you know, gassiness and the spit up and reflux and just sheer uncomfortableness and that he's in specifically after feedings and the cold that he caught at week two that led to just like legitimately still five weeks of congestion that has been so impossible to kick that we've literally done everything in our power to try to get rid of. They have just been wildly different. So what I experienced the first time has not, not that it it, it didn't prepare me because it did, but I catch myself comparing them, which I hate doing because I don't want to. But the reality is like, I'm not loving the newborn phase this time around. And I do feel guilty saying that. I don't know if guilt's the right word because you can love your kid and not love a newborn phase, but it's just been very different and a lot more taxing than I was 
prepared for it to be, I guess. And also, I think what I keep reminding myself of is parenting the first time around in that newborn phase was solely focused on the newborn. Parenting a newborn with a toddler or whoever many other children you have is a wildly different experience in and of itself, whether the kids are the exact same as newborns. So that has also been very eye-opening. With the holidays quickly approaching, there is a chance you're about to have an incredibly more packed social schedule than you were used to. And if you're like me a few years ago, that may include one too many glasses of wine. Even if you're not drinking, the late nights and just loads of like meals out and parties, etc., will probably have you feeling off kilter. Something I am always reaching for during this season is Element to help replenish my electrolytes. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt with no sugar. This product contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk like coloring, artificial ingredients, and other BS additives. Whether you overdid it this past weekend or attending one too many holiday parties, you're working out a ton, or you're just trying to keep an active lifestyle, replenishing electrolytes is super important. I have been loving all of the flavors, but my favorite two are citrus salt and watermelon salt over ice in my water bottle to keep me hydrated and going. If you're looking for easy stocking stuffers for your friends and family, let me tell you, Element Packets are a perfect option. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Cameron. This deal is only available through my link. So you must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com slash Cameron. Plus, Element offers no questions asked refunds. So try it completely risk-free. There is truly nothing to lose. As a new mom of two, it fascinates me to think about how different my life once was, specifically how I spent my time. For instance, I used to schedule my entire routine and workout classes around someone else's schedule. It is wild to think back on, but one workout class would turn into a legitimate two-hour excursion when I would include travel to and from the studio, something I absolutely just do not have time for anymore. That is why I love Allo Moves so much. Allo Moves is a streaming on-demand wellness platform that features yoga practices, fitness routines, meditation sessions, and so much more from one of my favorite brands, Allo Yoga. They truly have something for everyone, from beginner to advanced, to yoga to bar, Pilates, cardio, and HIIT classes. They even have relaxing guided meditations and breath work. The best part is you need little to no equipment. Whether you are more of an entry-level beginner or advanced, they have over 3,000 classes to choose from with over 100 new classes added every month. With constantly new offerings and on-demand options, I get so much flexibility and variety, which is imperative for me to incorporate movement into my day. For me personally, the flexibility is everything. Sometimes I'm working out first thing in the morning and other times I'm honestly just trying to squeeze something in in the kitchen while we're all eating breakfast. It completely depends on the day and the flexibility of Allo Moves allows me to stay consistent. Find the health and wellness routine that works for you with Allo Moves. Go to allomoves.com and use code FOODIE in all caps for 30 days free plus 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com in all caps, code FOODIE to get a free 30-day trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Now, I have a note in my phone I've been trying to keep note of, like how I'm feeling because I wanted to reflect on all of this and, you know, already I forget how I felt in the hospital. So I did take some notes on things. The first emotion I felt 
when it comes to the one to two transition, and I was not expecting this at all, is I felt very protective and defensive over squash. And also, if you're new here and you're like, what the fuck is this girl saying her kids' names? I use like pseudo internet names for my children because again, I just want to protect them. I don't know. It's something I do and it's my decision. But I felt like so protective over him. As soon as we were in the postpartum room and I forget how like this first came up, but we were just kind of talking about something and someone made a remark. I mean, it must've been Joe. We were the only people people in there or not the nurse, but I just felt very defensive over him. Like don't compare them and don't take away from my love with him or my friendship with him, but kind of, I just felt, yeah, very defensive. Like, wow, this is going to be different. There is now something that is also going to need my attention. That's not just him. And I felt defensive over our relationship and I was not expecting that. And I'm still quite honestly, working through that, I still feel that because for two and a half years, he's felt such an extension of my body and he still does. And so to carve out another part of myself for someone else has been confusing to navigate. And I know I've mentioned in an episode before giving birth that like my biggest fear was how am I going to love someone else and all of that. And I am going to continue that conversation as we've had like time as a family unit, et cetera. But I'm not going to lie. It has been confusing for me to navigate in the sense of feeling very protective over my relationship with our toddler and not wanting anything to get in the way of that, which isn't fair because of course our relationship isn't going to look the exact same, especially in the beginning. The reality is there's now another child to be taken care of. But those were some emotions that I felt like truly right off the bat. And I'm still trying to come to terms with because also it's really hard to watch a kid be aware of change and uncomfortable with it. You know, like it's not easy for him to now have to share me and for this baby to now get so much attention and for someone to cry and immediately have me react. That's not him. And so it's come out in certain ways, you know, like his sleep has definitely been affected since we brought home October and also just other ways, like things that I don't really feel like sharing publicly, but just like, yes, it has definitely had an impact on him. And I'm not saying it's been a horrible transition by any means, but there are obviously things that he's struggling with because the reality is his life has been turned upside fucking down. So that was something that I felt right away. On that note, the hardest thing when it comes to having two children that I've felt is like the inability to physically be two places at once. So we came back from the hospital, for example, and I was so excited to see him. Like I was so excited because I missed him and I was like, oh my God, he doesn't know he has a brother yet because we didn't know the sex. Like I can't wait. He went in the front door because we I asked my parents to like take him out so that we could get home, put the baby up in his room so that we could greet him like by ourselves downstairs first. And I was like, mom, just like open the door, kind of like let him in and then shut the door because I just wanted that moment for me, Joe and him. And he just looks at us and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, where did Maxie and Paca go? Like, what's happening? He did not fucking care. He was like, I want to go back outside with Maxie and Paca. I'm like, hi, I've missed you. I've been gone for two days. Like what? And then that night, when I was up 
And then he was excited. Like, then we brought him upstairs. He met his brother. Well, actually, I said, I have a surprise for you. Do you want to know what it is? And he goes, a drum set? And I was like, fuck no, uh, baby. He was very excited to meet him. Probably the most excited he's been for him over the past six weeks. But he was very excited. But then that night, I was breastfeeding in the nursery across the hall from his room. And he happened to wake up in the middle of the night. And he starts crying. And already, I'm like, fuck, what do I do? Like, I'm typically in there if he's up at all trying to console him. But now I'm breastfeeding. Like, that's going to have to be Joe, which is fine. But like, it was kind of a pang in my heart because it's typically me. That's something I own. I'm overnights. And he cries out, I want Maxie. And I was like, dagger to my fucking heart. That's my mom. And I just start hysterically crying because I'm like, not only can I not go and console him, but he's not even calling for me. He's calling for my mom. What? And I mean, that's amazing. They have a wonderful relationship. She had been with him for two days. I get it. But in that moment, especially like night one home from the hospital, I'm hormonal as fuck. I was hysterical. And that moment has kind of happened a few times. Not I want Maxi, but this feeling of specifically when I'm breastfeeding and him calling out for me, whether it's, you know, in another room on the same floor or like in his bedroom in the middle of the night and me just feeling like unable to physically be able to give him all of my attention. And, you know, that's why we started combo feeding because I was just feeling really frustrated specifically at the nighttime feed because I wanted to be involved in his night routine. Like typically, yes, Joe always does bath and bed, but like I come in and I sing him a song and I give him a hug and then he puts him down. And I felt like I was missing out on that. And also I was like feeding and I'll get into our breastfeeding a little bit, but like not really enjoying that moment. And then hearing them having so much fun in another room and feeling jealous and being like, I wish I was a part of that. So that's why we started combo feeding. And then I guess by the time this releases, I will have already said this, but I'm starting my weaning process actually today as I record this because the feeding experience has just not been it for us, quite honestly. Again, I mentioned that they are polar opposites as newborns. Like the feeding experience could not be more fucking different if I tried. The first time around with October, I mean, with squash, it's still hard for, I've like kind of gotten used to the whole squash thing. October is still throwing me for a loop. With squash, I had inverted nipples. So he just like could not latch and he had a tongue tie. And once we like got the latch, so after the first like, two, three weeks. It was hard to get, but once we got it, we had an incredible breastfeeding experience, the two of us. Like what I would have dreamed of. It was like, I could feed him anywhere. He would pop right on. He'd feed for a great amount of time. Like right afterwards, he'd either be like milk drunk and cuddling me or like we'd play. There was literally never spit up. Not once in his childhood, except there was one time and it was more like he threw up on Joe, but never did he spit up. And there, it was just a great experience and I loved it. I I hated certain parts of it. Like I hated the scheduling of it all and that I was the one that had to do it. And my mental health definitely took a turn for the worse. And that's why I ended it after five months. But the feeding process was great. This time around, October latched right away, which I was shocked by, but my nipples like stayed. I once said like extroverted and someone was like, oh my fucking God, your nipples aren't extroverted. They just aren't inverted. They, I don't know, they're out. And he latched right away in the hospital and I was kind of shocked. 
But then even in the hospital, he was like spitting up a little bit. And then especially when we got home, it just continued to get worse and worse. And every breastfeeding session was a fucking battle from beginning to end. Like he was just never comfortable while he was feeding. He was so squirmy, uncomfortable, loud, like just arching his back. Like you can just tell when a kid is not happy and really refluxy after. And we tried like breast milk in a bottle and that was kind of like a middle ground. It still wasn't great, but it was a little bit better than breastfeeding. And then formula in the bottle was like a completely different experience. And I was beating myself up because of course I was like comparing the two and I'm like, oh my God, I gave him like five months exclusively breastfed and now I'm not even going to make it to like seven weeks this time around, or I guess I'll make it to exactly seven weeks. But then I was like, they're two fucking different experiences. And also if my kid is not happy doing this and I'm not happy, then why the hell would we do it? Even if I was over the moon doing it and he wasn't happy, we wouldn't do it. So I tried as much as I could. I saw the lactation consultant. I cut out gluten, dairy, soy. We were doing all the things. I was like doing a specific latch. I was feeding him literally laying down with him like on top of me because my letdown is so strong, et cetera. And then I was like, with with the true like final straw was, was that Joe burped him after a breastfeeding session for the first time. And I watched Joe give him a bottle of formula for the first time because typically I wasn't awake if formula was being given. And if I was breastfeeding him, I was typically burping him after. And they were such wildly different experiences that Joe looked at me and was like, what What are we doing? And I was like, I don't know. Like, why are, why are we doing this? And I was having a hard time with it. And then when I decided it's time to wean, it's been the most freeing fucking mental thing ever. So I'm actually starting the process today. I've been thinking about it for a few days. And like already, I notice a huge difference just being fully formula for him. And we'll decide at a later date, like once he's a little bit older, what we'll do with all of my frozen breast milk that we have. Because in an ideal world, we'd like do half and half until we get through that. But if he can't tolerate that, tolerate it, then I'll be donating it to someone or somewhere. But I forget where I was going with this either way. Oh, that's why we started combo feeding. And then also that's another reason why I'm weaning because I want to be able to like have someone else feed him if I want to do something specifically with squash. And I want to be able to be as present as possible for both of my children. And like breastfeeding a newborn is one thing. And my experience doing that the first time around was a wildly different experience because it was also different circumstances. Breastfeeding a newborn and a toddler or other kids is completely different. So I am excited for that next stage of motherhood and for us. I talk a lot about the division of labor, both in this show and just across all of my social platforms. And one of the tasks that I personally own for our family is scheduling and staying on top of the children's different medical appointments. And let me tell you, that task is a lot of freaking work. And I know it might sound simple, but the constant need to find doctors, schedule appointments, go to the appointments, all of that, it takes up so much time. Thankfully, I have ZocDoc to help assist me with this and make all of it that much easier. ZocDoc is your go-to place to find and book amazing doctors who are not only top rated, but also accept your insurance. If you're anything like me, I have a bad trait of falling in love with doctors and then realizing they don't take our insurance and then feeling like I'm in too deep of a hole to switch. And so this was something I was dead set on when we were finding new doctors when we moved. And I was like, I am only going to see doctors who take our insurance. And ZocDoc helped me so much because it was so easy to simply filter. 
ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Cameron and download the ZocDoc app for free, then find and book top-rated doctors today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Cameron. ZocDoc.com slash Cameron. The holidays are here, and if you still have people on your list left to shop for, do not worry. I am here to help you. Specifically, if you have a child in your life, whether it be your own or a niece or a nephew or a grandchild or a friend's kid, I cannot recommend KiwiCo enough for gift giving this holiday season. KiwiCo projects spark creative confidence for ongoing tinkering and experimentation. Because yes, you could buy a robot, but wouldn't it be more fun to actually build your own? KiwiCo is redefining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously fun. With super cool hands-on projects designed to inspire a lifelong love for learning, KiwiCo is turning playtime into an adventure of discovery. Each month, KiwiCo delivers crates packed with fun, kid-friendly topics and activities that cover everything from engineering robots to exploring the science of cooking. It is honestly like a treasure trove of creativity, all conveniently delivered to your doorstep. With all things baby happening in our household lately, our toddler is very big on the idea of like caregiving and oddly doctor checkups. I'm not quite sure, but we have the pretend play doctor's kit on our personal list of gifts this year. Unwrap more than a gift. Discover hands-on fun with KiwiCo. Get your first month free on any crate line at kiwico.com slash Cameron. That's your first month free at kiwico.com slash Cameron. This is an insane offering. It's, it's literally free. So make sure to take advantage of it at kiwico.com slash Cameron. I also remember a moment of feeding and like Joe taking him to school. And this was like week one of me just hysterically crying on the couch and being like, what have I done? And I don't mean that. And like, I'm not, I'm really just trying to be honest with you all. I don't feel that way. But there was this moment of how the fuck am I ever going to, like, how am I going to do this? And what have I done? I just completely changed our lives. And this moment was very fleeting and it wasn't often, but I want to say it because I think that like many of us feel this way when we do big life changes, no matter what it is. But like, especially if it's something so wonderful, such as having a child, we feel guilty or embarrassed or whatever to say it. But of course, like I had that the first time around and I had that that time too. I remember him taking him to school and just hysterically crying because I wanted to be the one that took him to school and I missed him and I missed our relationship. And I know a lot of people go through the toddler then potentially being obsessed with the partner and There've definitely been moments of that, but quite honestly, what hurts me more is when he really wants me, but I also have the baby. And that feeling of, I wish I could give you both my full attention and at this exact moment, I can't. And I have been tending more to his needs than the baby in those moments because I think he'll remember it more. He can react more. It'll affect him more. Not that he'll even remember it, but I think just like, in that moment, 
his reaction will be stronger. And I did this TikTok about like parenting advice and it got a million views. It blew the F up. Like, thank you, TikTok. But I saw it on a TikTok. So basically what I say is I read it somewhere that you like shouldn't blame anything on the baby. And I've been really trying to do that. I started this honestly when I was pregnant. I'd be like, oh, my back really hurts. I can't carry you up the stairs. But it was really obviously because I was pregnant. But now I'm like, oh, you know, if I'm feeding and he wants me to play with his toy store toys that run our fucking world right now. I'm like, oh, honey, I can't. Like, I'm or not. I can't. Oh, like, I'm so cozy on the couch right now. Why don't you come over here and sit with me and we can play and inviting him into that and helping him, including him in tasks. Honestly, our biggest thing right now is that he really wants me to tell him made up stories about Toy Story. So I tell him all I have like an array of stories in my back pocket and they all include him and his Toy Story toys. But then I also include October in them. So I'm like, and he has a baby brother and his baby brother was so proud of him because he was like, you know, whatever. I play up the whole fucking thing. Who knows if it makes a difference or if it's going to make a difference, but you better believe I'm trying. The other thing I'm trying to do is making one-on-one time for him. And like Joe gets a lot of one-on-one time with him. He takes him to school every day. Like most days he's doing pickup. They have nighttime, et cetera. But especially because I was breastfeeding for this past period, I felt like I was missing out on that. So there were some days where I would pick him up and like I would just do something with him like right after pickup. Either when we got home, like outside, we made like this big leaf pile one day and played around in that or taking him to a park or just like making sure I have undivided attention with him for a certain amount of time, whether it's like five minutes or 45 minutes a day. I really try. And my therapist said it's called like filling up their meter. And I actually do something else. I haven't done it in a while, but I would like hug him and I'd be like, oh, did I fill up your love tank? Like if you ever miss me at school, like remember I filled up your love tank. The things we do are so comical. Like how did we get here? But that has been extremely helpful, not only I think for him, but really for me, because it does give me back that sense of like what life was before. And that's another thing when I talk about the comparison, my brain loves to compare. If you've been with me and a part of this community for a while, you know that that's a common trend. Unfortunately, I have a comparative brain and I would do anything to like stop and I try, but that's where my brain goes. And there's this comparison of like how it is versus how it was. And when I speak with friends who have one kid, whether they're planning on having another or not, there's a part of me that gets jealous because I'm so in the trenches of newborn that like, I'm sure it'll be incredible to watch them play together, all of those things. And I can't wait for that. But I'm also like, I miss being able to just, with a toddler, you can just throw them in the car. You've got so much time to go do fun things, you know, that type of energy and vibe. And again, I'm so fresh and I remind myself of that, etc. But there is this comparison of how it is versus how it was and missing that ability and close-knit attention and fun with a toddler. Because that's the other thing. The reality is like a newborn's not fun. I'm just going to say that. Like, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Some people enjoy the newborn experience. Some people hate it. Some people are like neutral. But no matter what, a newborn is not like a fun thing to play with, really. They're just kind of like eating, sleeping, and crying. And I feel like toddlers can be so fun. And so I said this to my friend. I was like, I'm nervous. I'm not going to know what to do with a baby because now I'm so used to having a kid who talks to me, who communicates. We have conversations. We do fun things, whether it's go to the park or go to the zoo or watch a movie together, like, et cetera. And that is kind of true. Like, there is this kind of like, hey, bro, so what do we do here? And I also feel in that there's so much time, not alone, because you're not alone, 
But there's so much time maybe with your own like thoughts during a newborn kind of because when you're feeding them, you're just kind of with your thoughts. And if you're rocking them to bed, like all of these things, you're kind of with them, but you're also alone. So you're not like able to do other things necessarily. So I catch myself trying to fill the silence, which I don't love, but that's my like ADD. So I'm either like scrolling on my phone way too much, or I'm refusing to actually sit with my emotions. I'm constantly putting something on, whether it be a show or a podcast or something. Like I can't just sit with myself. And I think that's because there's been so much time sitting with myself and baby that my brain then goes places that like, I don't love it to go mentally, like comparing or obsessing over other things or being like, what should I be doing, et cetera. And the other night I realized that I had been doing this. And at night I usually read and I finished my book. And so the next night Joe was reading and I was like, oh, I don't have a book. I I can start a new one, but you know what? I'm going to journal. I opened up my journal and I just started fucking losing it. Hysterically crying. Maybe that's the theme of this episode. Hysterical tears unexpected at night. I just lost it. And I do think this is common, and I know this happened the first time, is that when the sun goes down, like, I don't know if it's hormones, I don't know what's happening, but I can have like a great day and then the sun goes down and all hell breaks loose. I am emotional. I am hormonal. I am crying. It's like a different world. And maybe part of it is, again, that like anticipatory anxiety of what's to come with the night. But wow, it felt very freeing to let all the feelings out in my journal. And I also was like, maybe I should sit with my emotions a little bit more so that they don't come rushing out of a floodgate like this. Now, in terms of nights, I've been meaning to bring this up and talk about this, but I was pretty hesitant to have nighttime help. We did not have any the first time around. And I was very grateful that we didn't. I was really happy with that decision. And I still, knowing all of this, if we went back, would do it the same way. I liked it being me, Joe, and the baby in our apartment, just the three of us figuring it out. It felt very team oriented. I was very proud of us in a way because like we did figure it out. And I don't know. I just am very happy with how we did it. Now, this time around, Joe was like, look, your biggest fear is not having enough time with squash. Your second biggest fear or tied for first is your mental health. Those two things are greatly correlated to you sleeping. So we have the means to get some nighttime help. Why don't we do it? And so we met in the middle where we decided to do it like three nights a week, basically. And so we did two nights before the days that we would have squash home, like before the days where he didn't have school. And then one night, like middle of the week to kind of like bank up on, not that you can bank up on sleep, but just to get a little bit of rest. And my fucking God, what a different experience it is. I, I'm i not going to lie to you. I called some of my friends and I was like, what the fuck? This was your postpartum experience? And like, look, having a newborn is hard no matter what. I will die on that hill, okay? I will die on the hill. And I hate when people are like, oh, well, if you have help, then it's easy. It's not. It's still difficult, okay? Also, you're still hormonal. You're still going through all of the fields. It's just a very challenging experience. Is having overnight help incredible. Damn fucking right it is. Those two things can be true at once. So I had my eyes opened to a whole new world. And if there's anyone considering, especially for the second time around, and it's within the means of 
reality for you, highly recommend. The way that we structured it was they would come at, and I say they because we worked with the company. So there were like three different women that kind of rotated through depending on the night, not rotated through the same night, but like, you know, Thursday would be maybe one woman, Friday was another woman. It depended on the week. They would come 9 to 7 a.m. Some days, like I think there were a few days we did to 9 a.m., which was glorious, but we hadn't thought of that at first and then we couldn't schedule it. So 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. And when I tell you I had everything ready, like the nights they were coming, I would put October down. I would try to like shower, brush my teeth, take my medicine, everything, skincare, whatever, so that when they walked in the door at 9 p.m., I was able to talk to them quickly about like how he's been the past few nights, the plan for the night and be in bed reading and like take full advantage of the situation. And in the beginning, I was pumping one time overnight and they were doing bottles because again, I was like, I'm taking advantage of this. I personally don't want to wake up to breastfeed if you're here and able to like feed him with a bottle. And I was pumping one time in the middle of the night for like 10 minutes. And then eventually I was like, my boobs can make it. I mean, I'll probably wake up covered in milk, but fuck, I want this sleep. And so I was sleeping the full way through and then they were just still doing bottle feeds overnight. And those nights made the largest difference for my mental health, like hugely, hugely, hugely. And especially if we had like three bad nights in a row and that day where you're just fucking exhausted because it's been like two or three nights with no sleep and I knew that they were coming that night, I was just able to get through the day because I'm like, if I can just make it to 9 p.m., I can rest, I can sleep, I can I can just like actually let my brain shut down. So that was our experience. We did it for the first seven weeks and it was incredible. It was a lot of money, but it was money well spent in my opinion. And I'm just very grateful that we were in a place to be able to do that and that they were so amazing and that I was able to get rest because I think it made a huge fucking difference for my mental health on those days. You all know how important my morning routine is to me and what a vital role my glass of AG1 plays in that. If you're a longtime listener, you know that I've been drinking AG1 for over five years now. When I started drinking AG1 daily, I noticed I had increased energy first thing in the morning and that it helped with my digestion throughout the day. As a creature of habit, it is my absolute preferred method of starting my day. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only am I constantly recommending AG1 to the FF fam and my podcast listeners, but also everyone in my life. If you spent a night with me somewhere, whether it be a bachelorette party, a beach weekend, or a friend's vacation, you know that I have my travel AG1 packs with me and that I have packed extras for you to try. I am all about sharing the love of AG1 and getting people hooked like me. I recommend it to my family and friends because I've seen what a difference it has made in my overall health and I want my loved ones to reap the benefits as well. Plus, with just one scoop and a glass of water each morning, it is so easy. AG1 takes all the guesswork out of trying to combine the right supplements. It provides multiple products in one easy scoop. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily and that's why they've been a partner for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash FFF. That's drinkag1.com slash FFF to check it out. 
regarding mental health, I know I said like I I do honestly feel so much better in terms of anxiety and depression than I did the first time around. I feel overwhelmed and I feel humbled and I feel like it's been chaotic and sometimes lonely, even though I have an incredible support system. But it just feels very different in a positive way than it did the first time. And again, it's still early. So we shall see. And fingers crossed it stays like this. But with that like downtime I mentioned, not downtime, but time with yourself while doing stuff for the baby, I caught myself during these comparison spirals, seeing all these people in my industry do these like amazing things. And I kind of knew that this was going to be a hard time to be on maternity leave because it's like the busiest time of the year for an influencer. And so if you were ever planning a maternity leave as an influencer, this would be the worst time. But alas, here we are. And also if you're like maternity leave, what the fuck you're podcasting? I get that maternity leave is confusing for creators. And like, it seems like I've been on a lot, which like there are days where I, I have been, but also like so much is done by my team that I'm not actively involved in. And when it comes to like, for me, the boundary we set was like only agreeing to a very small amount of sponsored things and having all of our podcasts recorded, done, et cetera, minus two that take like 45 minutes for me to just sit down and record. And then the team handles everything else. So like for me, social media as a creator has been fun again because it's just me doing whatever the fuck I want. There's no agenda. There's no timeline. There's no approvals. There's no sponsorships, like none of that stuff. It's just fun again. And God, how wonderful it is. However, like financially missing out on a ton because these are very lucrative months. And so I felt like as a consumer, I was seeing all these creators do these really awesome things, whether it be partnerships or new products or whatever, just like really cool launches. And I caught myself comparing and being like, wait, what? Like, I guess jealous or like, what am I doing? And then I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you, bitch? You just made a human. Like you literally made a human and brought a human into this planet. That's the coolest thing you could have ever done. And quite honestly, and like the most important, in my opinion, for me, the most important thing I could have ever done. So get your freaking brain straight. And so that's when I downloaded this app that my friend Emily told me about called Focus Lock, where you literally get locked out of your social media because I'm addicted and I can't fucking stop. And it has been so wonderful. I set it for like four hours at a time so that if I want to like post something, I can hop back on, post it, and then lock myself back out of it. So if you're like me and you're insane and you can't stop opening your goddamn apps, it's called Focus Lock and it's wonderful, but don't do what I did and accidentally lock every app on your phone for 12 hours the first time you use it, (laughs) except for social media, because I basically did the opposite of what you're supposed to do. And then lastly, with this transition, I think the most interesting thing for me is that like the first time around, again, it was May, so it was very different, but we were like hopping around this and we were in the city. We were hopping around the city. We were going to the beach. Like actually we weren't hopping around the city. It was COVID, but like we were going around the city outside. Like we were going for walks. We were taking out from restaurants. We were dining outdoors. It was the city that like everyone felt like COVID was over because everyone had just gotten vaccinated. It was summer 2021 and we were like, woohoo, it's done. And it wasn't, but like we thought it was. And there was that. So like we were doing so much. And I even noticed this like in photos I have of that phase of Squash versus October. He was in like so many more outfits and we had so many more pictures of him and et cetera. And I don't know if that's just like 
the fact that they were very different seasons, summer versus winter, or that it's like the first versus the second or whatever. But this time around, I've just felt so comfortable just being in the house. I'm like, let's just stay here. Like, I don't want to leave. And I also think that being in the suburbs in a house versus the city is different. It A, just feels more relaxing, but B, it's more homey and there's like more space. And I remember asking my therapist, like, should I be concerned? And she's like, are you happy doing this? Are you content spending so much time in the house? Are you like comfortable? And I said, yeah. And she's like, so then why the fuck are you so obsessed with like what you're supposed to be doing? And I'm like, because my brain is fucked and I need you to fix me. So those are all my thoughts on like the one to two transition and postpartum thus far. I want to also just say I am so honored that there are so many of you who simply like care and are here and support me. And I feel so incredibly supported by this community. It blows my mind every fucking day how you continue to show up for me. And the FFM is unlike any other. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I love you all so much. and. To my incredible partner and family and group of friends who have made it such a priority to show up for me and support me, I would be lost without you. And I love you all so much. If you have time, I would so appreciate if you could rate, review, subscribe, share, do all of the things. It wildly helps. And we're going to have to chat about what's to come in 2024 because I haven't pre-recorded an episode yet. And suddenly it's here. And maternity leave is over, but have a wonderful holiday season. And I love you all. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.